Welcome to You and I. I'm Jackie Kai Ellis, and it's my genuine hope that through sharing our most vulnerable stories we know, in the moments where it matters so much, that we're actually not alone. It needs to be said, I'm not a professional, just someone with some personal experience to share. I do hope this is helpful, but as always, take the advice that resonates and ignore what doesn't. And don't hesitate to seek out professional help through a trusted source. We have some resources on our website. For today's mini episode, I chose a question that seemed deceptively simple. One that I thought had a straightforward answer. But as I dug into the question and related to the asker's quest for belonging, I began to remember, retrace my own path to where I found a sense of belonging and what belonging means to me as someone who never felt like they did belong anywhere. They write, as someone who is bi-coastal, having an identity crisis. Question, can someone maintain allegiance to both cities or have to choose one over the other, feeling divided and conflicted? We got this question over Instagram, but we keep our askers completely anonymous. So I've decided to name you Placeless. Thank you so much for your question, Placeless. When I first got this question, the answer seemed deceptively simple. Well, yes, I wanted to say, of course, you can have an allegiance to two cities, five or a hundred, if that makes you happy. Why not, really? But I wondered if, as someone who has never truly felt a sense of belonging to a city, Perhaps I didn't understand the complexity of the question. While I've felt an admiration and appreciation for many cities, I've not had the privilege of feeling so attached as the asker has, so fused with a place, that I could consider it to be me. The closest I've ever come to this feeling is with Paris, a city that once revived me from a life that was atrophied from lack of living. Paris fed me delicious things, reflected coral sunsets on its sandstone skin, taunted me with its charming hidden gardens, prodding my curiosity for life. It argued with me, it pushed me with this cheeky conceit until I pushed back with a strength I didn't even know I had. And then it fed me again and again until I became alive. Even though Paris had become an integral part of my story, I never felt like I was the city, and the city was me. I've never called myself Parisian. And in Vancouver, a place I was born and raised, a place where I built my life, flourished, built careers, had a baby, built a home, a place I have so much love and respect for, a place that has been so generous and giving to me, even still, I'm not sure I would feel it correctly defined me to be called a Vancouverite, either. I pondered your question, trying to get at the heart of what you, Placeless, are really struggling with. I wanted to ask you, who is it that's asking for this allegiance? Who is asking you to choose? Your friends? Your family? Your sports teams? I imagined that perhaps you were trying to find that sense of home and didn't know if it could be done without total and utter loyalty. 
like how some choose to be with one partner because of the depth that can be built through the experience of monogamy. I wondered, is this need to choose one city coming from an external pressure to conform? Or is it a desire to put down roots and experience a home fully without the distraction of a what if, a wandering eye? If it is the latter, then it might be a choice you make because you desire what can flourish from it. But I still don't see it as a choice that has to be made. If I were to guess, I suspect that the heart of the question is not so much about where we live or even the ever-present question of identity and our attachment to labels like West Coaster or East Coaster. I suspect that, at the heart, it's about our deep desire to belong. Growing up in one of a handful of Chinese immigrant families in a predominantly white community in the 1980s, I've always seemed a stranger. As a child going to school, I remember feeling as if I lived a double life. My family spoke an entirely different language. They were louder, more boisterous. We ate foods that smelled different and took on different shapes and textures than those of my friends. We ate congee with pork floss or fish with fermented black beans out of a tin while they ate spaghetti squash and cheese with apples. There were words in my vocabulary that didn't exist in English and ways of expressing myself that didn't translate to Cantonese. The person I was growing into in the outside world didn't always have a natural place at home. And the person I was, the place I came from, didn't feel welcome in the world either. So I'd hold those parts of me in separate arms until they grew strong, but so tired. In high school, I wanted to belong to something so badly, as most do at this age. I tested out personalities, taking ideals to extremes, went through a grunge phase and then a rap and hip-hop phase, which now serves to delight my husband when I pull out all of my 90s music expertise. But in the search to find belonging, and at the time specifically belonging to, quote, white culture, I believed that I needed to divorce myself from my Chinese roots. So I dyed my hair blonde, wore blue contact lenses, stopped speaking Cantonese entirely, and rejected almost everything Chinese that I could in a violent and even disrespectful way. Now, there were much deeper issues that I won't get into at length, as it might not be relevant to your question but it should be mentioned regardless with the intention of telling a true and real story. I think I divorced my Chinese culture so aggressively because I had felt and witnessed small, almost imperceptible daily acts of racism. So subtle that as a child, I could barely make out the wrongness of it or make sense of it all on my own. I think unconsciously, I just didn't want to be on the side that felt wrong. It took time to unravel the kind of subtle racism that slowly seeps into your fibers like a thick oil. And on the flip side, my Chinese culture seemed to be rejecting me for not being Chinese enough, whatever that was. I spoke Cantonese with an English accent, which was often ridiculed. 
When I went back to Hong Kong, my body wasn't slight and tiny like others, and I was told not to enter women's clothing stores and redirected to men's shops down the street. And you can imagine, as a teenager, this was mortifying. The subtle racism existed on both sides, and it became obvious that I was no more Chinese than I was white. But bit by bit, over decades, I began to reconcile this tension between cultures that I came from. And it first began by seeing belonging in a very different way. I noticed that not belonging gave me a flexibility others didn't have, an ease in movement because I wasn't burdened by the usual boundaries of language, culture, or what was supposed to be delicious or not. Straddling these two cultures and being able to move nimbly in both gave me a unique perspective that allowed me to empathize more broadly, understand the words between words, see similarities even in things that seemed completely opposite, and know that the world is so much bigger and more nuanced than we could imagine if we had stood in one place alone. I began to embrace the wholeness of these haves, the unique mixture of who I am as an individual. That I cook this unique version of Chinese food that mixes French, Chinese, and West Coast Canadian influences simply because a stir-fry of thick bacon dates gailan with a sticky soy chili glaze over rice and a sunny-side egg on top is exactly what I'm craving. That no, though I didn't fully belong to either culture, I can enjoy living in both. That I live where I stand, wherever I choose. That I belong to both myself and I have the privilege of belonging to both cultures that I came from and belonging to many places if I choose. Because if this experience has taught me anything, we as people are so much more expansive and we exist beyond much more than just the cultures we come from, the titles we give ourselves, the cities we live in. I am the vast experiences I've lived, the perspectives I've seen, the empathy I can share, the things that make me smile the lessons I've fought to learn, the joy I've learned to appreciate. These things are placeless, and they belong to me. Thank you so much, Placeless, for your question. I hope you got something helpful out of this. If anything, just know that you're not alone. You see, we all struggle. We all mourn, we all yearn, question, laugh, and cry. No matter our age, background, or titles, at our core, we're all not so different, you and I. In case you missed it in our last episode, check out our next month's question on our homepage. If you feel inspired to respond to this asker and are interested in being a guest of this episode, or if you have a short word of wisdom for them, write to us on the contact page on youandipodcast.com or DM us on Instagram at youandi.podcast. And of course, as always, 
please submit your questions there too. It's completely anonymous. If you enjoyed this episode, like and subscribe to our channel, which helps others who might be interested find us. And feel free to share this episode with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jackie Kai Ellis, and this is You and I. This podcast was produced and edited by More Good Media.